Hello, welcome back. Hey, Lee. How hello, are you hello. doing? I'm well. Yourself? Yes. So remind me. So you are Dr. Lee, and I'm Diana Chu, and we're in San Francisco, and we're starting again with this podcast of、um, Asian American psychology, and just want to do a check in. Like, what are some of the latest things? Because we haven't do a podcast, and I think our audience want to know. It's been it's been quite a while. It's been quite a while.、Um, I'm I'm doing well、uh, right now. I'm still working at CYC. I'm starting several、mm. projects.、Um, I'm doing some online consultation. I'm teaching right now. Wow, you're teaching.、Um, I am teaching right now. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff on my plate. But I was having a conversation with Diana here, and then she informed me that our podcast is um is getting some traction. And and one of the more important areas that there is simply not. A lot of podcasts available right now that discuss Asian American psychology and Asian American issues. So that、yeah. definitely gave me an encouragement to kind of get this thing started again. How how are you doing, Diana? Yeah, we should get this thing started.、Um, yeah, it's been、uh, it, it's been great. I am a licensed therapist now.、Um, I <laughs> thank you.、Uh, I also like got into、uh, community work, so I'm a board member of a nonprofit. So wow, doing a lot、you. of different things outside of like just like my practice,、um, but also getting trained in different modalities, including like EMDR. Like it's kind of interesting. We could talk more about it in later、cool. episodes.、Um, oh, yeah. But I think today we're gonna ask you, Lee.、Um, mm. Have you buy your mask yet for this coronavirus? So that's a, that's a fantastic question, and the answer to that is. No, I have not bought my mask, and I, I'm recycling my mask. Oh、um, no! Yeah, remember that that NorCal fire situation a while back?、Uh-huh. Yeah, I still I'm still pretty stocked <laughs> in terms of masks. So I'm just bust, busting those out. How are you? Are you safe? Yeah, I I actually、um, went online and、um, tried to get mask, and it was it's well, luckily, two boxes of masks is gonna ship to me. Maybe tomorrow or the day later,、um, but everywhere I go, it's out of stock right now in Northern America, Northern California, in America. Wow, yeah, and I think, and that is a topic we'll discuss today.、Mm-hmm. Not just the coronavirus, but you no, know, what that, what does a virus mean for Asian American psychology,、um, mm-hmm. the anxiety and ambivalence, uncertainty, fear that kind of. Manifest from this event, and also how、um, it also gave rise to a lot of xenophobia, a lot of racism, and that,、yeah. that's some topic we're gonna discuss today. Yes. So I was、um, scrolling on my Facebook, and there's just a therapy、uh, group that I'm in, and there's a bunch of therapists, and we and there's a therapist like saying, "Hey, my client is very anxious about getting the virus, and is this normal or is this?" Is this not normal? You know, it's unnecessary、uh, anxiety, and、um, I see like two camps that come up. Like one of one of those are like those who are、um, experienced with SARS before, maybe in Asia, or the other ones who is in America who is like, hey, no, this is okay. Like so, there's like different people,、um, the anxiety level、um, for the clients, but also for the therapist. And if the therapist is、uh, feeding into the anxiety, people would say, "Hey, is that is that healthy or not?" You know.、Mm-hmm. 
Well, kind of going back to the medical model, the DSM-5 model, um, mm-hmm. there is a diagnosis called illness anxiety disorder. And there is a component about being perpetually and persistently worried that one might get sick or um, seeing symptoms as much more profound than they really are. Um, at the same time, it is completely healthy to be worried about being sick. I think what it comes down to, at least from a medical sense, is is the worry in proportion about what's going on. Now, mm. do keep in mind that as of right now, uh, then today's day is February 2nd, 2020, right? And I date this thing. Um, <laughs> there, the, the risk of someone dying from the coronavirus in the North America, in the United States, is incredibly low, according to the CDC. Yes. That might change in the future. Let's hope not. But as of right now, it's incredibly low. Yet, there are some folks, uh, understandably, have reaction to the coronavirus in North America as if it is a epidemic right now in North America, which is not. Mm-hmm. I think it might be people who are more connected with um, China, mainland mm-hmm. China, mm-hmm. that might have that fear or like they have their friends or family in there that like feeds into the anxiety of it. And uh, the, the, the thing is about um, how do you... Um, how do you regulate that? You know, like what is the appropriate amount of anxiety about like uh, a potential risk and um, how, because like anxiety for some is actually a, a protection. Well, anxiety for all is a protection. Yes. I, I might argue. Yeah. Anxiety is what keeps us alive is, is our body telling us something is wrong and it exactly. just, and like an alarm system, right? And sometimes your alarm system can be, kind of oversensitive, kind of haywire, and then it will just sound the alarm no matter what happened. And I think that's when people have this, we call it anxiety disorder, when your alarm just just start ringing for no reason. It just start ringing. Yeah, yeah. But it's there to protect you. Um, but what you do bring up an extremely good point, that there are different responses to this anxiety. Um, some folks, they panic, right? They go and stock up on masks, you know, trying to you know, avoid some folks, right? And I think I might argue that's also possibly where some of that xenophobia might come up, right? I'm going to avoid Chinatown now, so on and so forth. And then, what do you mean by xenophobia? Well, xenophobia is a term that I just kind of caught that from one of the articles you kind of posted mm-hmm. in my Facebook recently. It talks about this fear of uh, Chinese people because the the coronavirus is directly connected to the Chinese population. Right. So for now, um, for now, for now. Right. So, well, for now. And also, like, if you think back to the AIDS epidemic is how it's connected to uh, gay folks. Right. Yes. It's, it's exactly like that is connecting an illness to a population and through that demonizing the population and seen and kind of label them as plague bears or plague walkers. Right. Man, that, that's like, that's scary. You know, I could imagine like how um, if uh, people already have some kind of racism in there with uh, with Chinese people or Asian people, um, it would like get the snowball rolling into some more and more hateful uh, comments or speech. And that's definitely something to watch out for. And we were not that far from the concentration camps back Mm -hmm. then. And that was not an overnight thing. That was... Um, 
a systematic uh, thing. A system, absolutely. This kind of underlying racism gotten fueled by the the war, and here is very easily. We can go, oh, you know, Chinese people are dangerous. And then the next thought is, we need to round them up, right? And we don't want to go that way. But, and this is where my fear comes in. We live in a cultural environment where that's unfortunately maybe possible. Someone can make a bad call and then I, I end up in a camp somewhere, yeah. right? Or like you will be, um, they'll just put people in, uh, what do you call it? Got- Quarantines? Quarantines. Quarantines, yeah. <laughs> just get ran out of quarantine. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I do understand there is definitely a need to 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 understand this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is happening. People are dying. Um and I think we kind of highlight this differences in how to handle one's anxiety. There is that, oh, we need to do something about it now. I'm super worried. And then there are those who are like, oh, it's super far away, you know, it's mm-hmm. not my problem. You know, like, I don't eat bats, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And that's obviously some internalized racism there, but it does kind of carry that, at least from what I understand, a lot of Asian Americans have that perspective of, I have this distance from the culture. I have this mm-hmm. bicultural identity where, uh, because I'm not, you know, Chinese, I'm Chinese American. I have enough distance to not feel the kind of pressure in homeland China. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? I was think actually like when you're thinking about uh, when you're talking about that, I was thinking about the government, mm. like how um, uh, the mistrust of government also creates the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be potentially the government is actually not trustworthy, right? Mm-hmm. The numbers or you know like Chinese government sometimes hide um, or or minimize um, what's happening right now. And I think that feeds into the anxiety for people that like, hey, I have no baseline of what the situation is. So rather than not protecting myself, I'm going to be hypervigilant about what's happening and do the preventative measure. And it might, um, for people, think that 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 is like a manifestation of anxiety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I I can definitely see that. And in all kind of communication, when there's a double bind communication where what is communicated and what's acted on are two different things, right? Where you're told that you're safe, but then you're witnessing your neighbors dying. Those are very two completely different things. Yeah. I'm sure it generates a lot more anxiety and a lot more, like you say, distrust in the yeah, system. When the belief, belief system and the reality that you're seeing is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. and and if there's no trust in the system, then the only thing you can trust is yourself. Which brings me to um, another thing I saw recently. So I'm an Imagerian, I think they call themselves. Uh, I identify <laughs> as one of those. I'm on Imager all the time. And I saw this post about, um, it's a, a, a lot of Chinese villages that are near the Wuhan, Wuhan province. Yes. And the, they're these like grandpas and they have like the Roblox and have chairs out. And there are these dudes standing out there with like Guando and like spears trying to stop people from going to the village. I mean, they 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 took up arms like 1800 style. So wow. I mean, that that's that's kind of that speaks a lot to what's going on over there, where the level of distrust is not just between, you know, self and government, but it's more like for from town to town. Like, I don't trust this town that's a mile away, right? What does that mean? 
So it's um it's, it's a very interesting dynamic right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when there's a shortage of resources as well. I think we mm-hmm. touch on that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The mask itself is a shortage of resource mm-hmm. um, or even uh, disinfection, uh, like um, those alcohol rubs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's out of stock in Hong Kong. So people, oh, really? are, wow. yeah, people are lining up to just buy a box of masks. And, and I think um, you also mentioned it before we start uh, recording this podcast is about um, who gets a mask and who don't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the uh, the Chinese go- government officials. Yeah, there was this picture talking about there's a large, um, not pushback, it's not the right word, uh, anger, like mm-hmm. a lot of rage against the government. Um, and mainly because they have a picture of a lot of doctors wearing surgical masks which are which are good but they're not meant for fighting you know like highly contagious viruses compared to these other masks the n95 mask from what i learned is more geared towards prolonged exposure to illnesses and kind of protect you well in this picture we know we, they show that the doctors were wearing the surgical mask yet um, government officials they're wearing the the N95. N95 mask. Yeah. So I think that kind of calls on, speaks to a lot of that fear and anger the Chinese people feel towards the government. This is what this article was talking about, mm-hmm. how like those in the government are supposed to help the people, yet they prioritize themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is not something to me, but again, from the article. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. how about let's have a thought experiment. Do you think, like, if we have uh, a shortage of masks, right, who should get it first? Or is there a ranking? Or is this because, um, like, if you line up for it, you get it, you know? Like, in, is there hierarchy in um, the value of life? Mm-hmm. That's what we're yeah. talking about, right? Exactly. So I think what you're touching on is uh, not the mask itself, but more like what the mask symbolizes, Right, it's like when kind of remind me of that that movie that um the day after tomorrow. Do you remember that movie, uh-huh. like Apocalypse? Right, and they have those yeah. arcs where like oh, you know, if if you have several hundred billion dollars, then you have you can buy yourself a spot on this arc, and your family can survive the apocalypse. And it's who gets a spot on this arc. And yeah. I think the movie trying to convey is those with money, those with privilege. Yes. Yeah, and. I, unfortunately, I think it also applies here. Is those with money, those with privilege, gets masked. Those, those who no have power, money, those with power, gets masked, and those who don't, they will have to kind of rake something out of what seems to be big oil jugs, you know, <laughs> to protect themselves. And it's really or sad like seeing bottle. that. Yeah, plastic like, bottle. Yeah, putting it on top of their face. Desperate um, measures, man. Desperate, desperate measures. Desperate. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I really hope that like we're n- we we have enough resources um to be able um to to fairly shared amount of people, but I think like that's a very um utopian kind of thought. Um, the reality of this world sometimes is more cruel than we thought, especially when there are um these kind of um uh disaster quote quote unquote disaster coming up. Yeah, and I. I be- I do believe that when we have leaderships who are uh, more mindful, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just with about their environment, but what's more mindful about what's happening for them. Um, there's, because to a certain degree, I understand what's going on, the psychology between what's going on, because if you are, let's do a thought experiment again. If you're someone with power and you have a family, you want them to be safe, right? So, and you have access to resources and you're okay today. Do you want your children to be okay tomorrow? Yes. Likely. Do you want them to be okay next week? Do you want to be okay in a year, two years? Yes, for, for sure you do. Okay. Well, in order to do that, you need to then hoard the resources because yes. you need them for tomorrow, right? Yes, you know, so-and-so down the street needs it. Okay, but I need it more because I want to be okay longer, right? Yes. So all of it is a fear response. And that fear response does come with a cost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we are seeing it right now, I believe. Yeah. Man, that's sad. I, I, I have a, have a deep sense of uh, sadness about like the people who um, don't have the resource or even they are not educated to have, you know, like um, these mindful resource about like, because education is also a privilege too. Oh, absolutely. So, so how are we going to end this podcast on? I think it'll be, a good time for us to, and this is a big question, right? But I think it's a good a place for us to think about um, kind of the existential questions that we have, right? Mm. Like, I at this moment, I found myself do feeling that kind of sadness you described and also kind of getting connected to my own humanity, this idea that we're all going to die. No matter if you're privileged or unprivileged, you're going to die. It's going to happen. Mm. Yeah. So, y- yes, we want to fight to survive. At the same time, is what are we surviving for? Yeah, yeah. Who? What is are we, important? Are, are to we us? surviving mm-hmm. to see the the cruelty of the humanity, or yeah. or we want to see the the beauty of like able to fight something together? Yeah, and like a um, community mm-hmm. base kind of thought. And there is a, a as all good therapists. Uh, there's always homework. <laughs> I would like to give all my audience and you, Diana, homework. Okay. And okay. homework is, I mean, I mean, I mean it too. I mean it too. You are going to see a lot of, a lot more news articles, a lot more um, like, you know, chats and discussions coming up on the internet, on TV about the coronavirus. It's going to happen, right? Definitely. We love fear mongering. What I encourage everyone to do, and myself included, is, Find the helpers in those stories. Look for the doctors, look for the nurses, look for those who put themselves in harm's way to make humanity beautiful. Look for the helpers. Um, they're ne- off, more often than not, they're not the centerpiece. They're mm-hmm. just people on the side, um, you know, kind of doing their business. But what they're doing is just so brilliant and beautiful. Um, look for those people because they carry hope. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great, Lee. Let's end with that. Let's like, end let's with look that. For the, <laughs> look for the helpers and look for the um, the people who really care. Thank you so much. Thank you.